Hey, Husky fans, welcome back to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast. My name is Trevor Mueller, and with me is Jake Grant and UW Leah. We're here to talk about the matchup in the desert. Washington headed to Arizona. We don't know who's going to be starting at quarterback, but what we do know is this will be the last conference game between these two. Washington holds the record 25-11-1 against the Wildcats. There's been issues in the desert. I know, Jake, from experience, the 2016 game was one that really took some years off of your life. So why don't you share about, you know, Washington's time down in the desert? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it a couple of times on this podcast. Um, I've been a big-time Husky fan for a long, long time. And it seems like even though we've had success against them, it's never been easy success. You're right. Um. So, so even though we own them, even though we're a better football program than them, we've always had better players. It's just the fact that it's for the Pac-12 game, it's a longer travel. It's a completely different climate. And it's a it's a totally different, it's a totally different fan base. Um, it's kind of like going into Stanford when it goes into Arizona versus Arizona State's a little bit more like Utah, where you can kind of get up for those games. So, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that Washington has perennially, perennially struggled against them. And uh, they always make me nervous, no matter how bad they are. Every single game outside of a few over the Washington is on a six game win streak. It should be an eight game win streak, if not for Chris Peterson in his first year deciding to run it when all he needed to do was punt it. Um there was a fumble and a last second field goal to beat them. And of course that was down in Tucson. What is your confidence level, Leah, going into the desert? I think with this team, it's it hits a little bit different. Any other team, I I mean, before we started the season, I marked this as a potential trap game. And yeah. I still I still think that that's true. However, I what I love about this team and this staff is that the other team that always trips us up in the last 10 to 15 years is Cal and Cal was never in the game. That's yeah. just a fact. And because we don't really know if Jaden, the is going to play, I have even more confidence about this game. Uh, obviously the variables are, can we protect Mike? Can we get push um, offensively and defensively against the line? That's where the game is won is paramount. Can we make another spectacular play on special teams? That would be great. I'd like to see if we blow out Arizona, you know, in the second quarter or third quarter, I'd like to see more of what we saw against Cal and that's guys getting reps, even if that means that the, um, that the final score is not indicative of how dominant we were, but ultimately I'd like to have a game where we go to Arizona and at the end of the day, we can kick up our heels in the fourth quarter and rest easy knowing that we've won the game. And it's just a matter of mathematics. Look, and I'm glad. I'm I'm glad that you brought up the fact that we had second and third string guys come in and the score wasn't indicative of how much of a blowout that was because at the end of the day any writer that's worth a crap has watched that game whether it was that, that night or it was the day after against Cal and knows how dominant this football team is mm-hmm. and any writer that knows what they're talking about would have Washington in their top four as in the nation at this moment right now the eye test says Washington is a very good football team. They're a top four football team in the country. And there's no possible way 
that if you're if you're watching this Washington offense and then how good the defense has played alongside of them, there's no way that you could keep them out of the top four. And anybody that's complaining about the score against Cal saying that Cal scored way too many points against us clearly didn't watch the game. And, and I mean, a lot of a lot of people. I'm sorry. I just really quickly, Trevor. A lot of people are saying like, "Oh, well, I was really expecting our edgers, uh, you know, our DT, uh, ZTF and Braylon to get more pressures." And it's like, yeah, sure, but when one of your linebackers is having a pick six, does that even really matter? The game is so dominant that it's like, is that really all that matters for your defensive guys to get notified? I mean, like, really, it's just you're you're really grasping at straws to find something to complain about. And I, I just think, yeah, to your point, Jake, they need to be in the top five, the end. Go ahead, Trev. Okay. Now I have three points. So I'm going <laughs> to go in sequential order from the time that they were said. Um, Jake talking about them being a number four team. Awesome. By the way, I love that. I, I liked Leah, what you had posted on Twitter earlier today, Joel Klatt and oh, Colin Howard were talking about how good Washington is. And you had posted something accurately about the fact they were talking about, you know, they got an, a first round quarterback. They got two NFL receivers. They got NFL offensive linemen. Ed rushers. And, and, and then they talked about the Ed rushers and you pointed out that they actually have three NFL receivers right now. Uh, and I thought that was good. Jalen Polk. I don't know how many more times he needs to have, maybe it needs to be in prime time but he needs to definitely start entering the conversation. We talked about his stats. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other one uh, talking about any writer worth a crap is actually looking at the flow of this game, looking at what's going on right now. The lowest that Washington has ranked is 10th on the aggregate from all of the people. And that's from like a Colorado beat writer. So I, you know, this is the, this is their first year playing football. So I kind of give them a pass on that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then the last one what you and and so and then there was a some duck fan on twitter saying like washington gave up 500 yards to cal good luck against oregon and the fact of the matter is is if you actually look at the game look at what happens maybe watch another pac 12 game outside of your own you'll know that that 500 yards really means nothing because of when it came they scored most of their points uh, after the game was m- way out of hand. Uh, and that's when a lot of their yards were gained. The last thing that you said, Leah, about the pass rush, you can complain about it. And I know some people are, but the reality is, is they caused two of those interceptions. So the first, the pick six, it was a, it was supposed to be a quick ball. Uh, there was a, a corner in the way. And then one of the edge rushers, I think it was ZTF, was right in his face and it made him hurry that throw. The other one, of course, was Carson Bruner breaking through the middle. And, uh, you know, Dom Hampton ends up just running under a lazy fly ball. All that said, they head to Arizona. Um, I feel pretty good about it. I, I It sounds like you guys also are pretty confident going down there. Uh, to your point from earlier this week, Leah, I'm really glad it's not Tempe. Even with a, a better team in Tucson, I just don't like playing in Tempe. So, Jake, what do you got on this offense, and what is going to go on at quarterback? Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's not just the quarterback; it's the whole offense. Um, there's their starting running back got injured last game too. Yeah. Um, they had a right guard that got injured. They're hurting right now. Um, I 
if I'm the coach of Washington, which I'm not because I'm not as smart as DeBoer. So thank God for that. Right. (laughs) Um, I'm planning on playing the starters. I'm planning against playing Jade Delora. So that's what I'm going to do. My preview on is, is Jaden Delora with all of the other starters as a, as a whole Arizona team. Um, Jaden Delora's marked as questionable. He's got a calf injury, uh, but he's been, he's put up some pretty good numbers this year. Um, he's, he, he's completing 69.6% of his passes with 1,069 pass yards. Um, the one glaring issue with Delora is that he's a little turnover prone. Mm-hmm. Um, he's thrown nine tutties, five interceptions, also being sacked six times. Uh, not great. As far as that goes, the, the touchdown to interception ratio is not phenomenal. It's not Michael Penix. Um, they have a couple receivers with uh, 20 receptions. McMillan, he's been playing amazing this year. He's averaging 85 yards a game, three touchdowns this season, and some pretty spectacular catches. If you watch that, what was that, Mississippi State against Arizona? They lost by one. He was the player of that game. He was the only reason that Arizona was in that game. Uh, he's probably the second-best McMillan whiteout in the Pac-12 right now. Um <laughs> <laughs> nice work. They're running distant back. Second. Very distant second. Distant second, but he's for sure the second. Um, their running back room is kind of weird. Uh, they have like four or five guys all with 20 carries, including mm-hmm. Delora. Wiley is their starter. Um, he also sustained an injury against Stanford. So he's marked as questionable. I don't know if he's gonna play or not, but it doesn't really matter with the running back room because they're so efficient with the rpo they, they run the run pass option when delora and not even when delora's in when they have noah fafita in as at quarterback he also ran the rpo option um they run the heck out of the ball especially when delora's at quarterback he washington's defense it's going to be imperative um that you know we're going to play a team that's better than arizona late in the year that also runs an rpo and this is a great chance for Washington's defense to show that they can defend against it and learn some things with it because Delora is elusive on his feet and he can pull it back and rip it. If he doesn't play, no Fafita came in in the Stanford game, completed eight for eight uh, completions for attempts. He was very accurate. He only had 69 yards, but you know, he only got sacked once and he ran a really good RPO also. So I mean, their their offense is pretty efficient for a, a not great Arizona football team. Yeah, I think and- what you're saying is that I'm sorry, Trev. I was just going to say I think it's a a really good opportunity for Washington to sharpen itself. Even if this isn't necessarily the best team that we're going to face, it presents an opportunity to keep contain on Jaden Delora. Mm-hmm. Um, presents an opportunity to practice against potentially preparing for multiple quarterbacks and Fafita as well. Um, and we have not always been pleased with our ability to keep contain on mobile quarterbacks. So it's a great challenge and hopefully we can show improvement from what we have. Honestly, when, when I started reading up on this game, whether it's going to be Delora or Fafita, I think this is a perfect opportunity to kind of prepare for Oregon Hmm. because of the way that Bo Nix plays. Uh, Bo Nix does run a lot of RPOs and he does have just a lot of quarterback designed runs as well. Especially when they get when Oregon gets into the red zone. I mean, I'm leaping ahead of game, but I'm just saying that this game presents itself a learning mm. option for Washington's defense to prepare for Oregon. Don't look past Arizona. No, but 
when you start putting it on them, start thinking about the things that are going to work against that offense. I like that perspective, Jake, because in some ways I feel like there's an advantage to playing in Arizona versus playing a Stanford that Oregon's going to play because this is really a prep for Oregon. It's facing two Oregons in a row, uh, kind of like a junior varsity Oregon, if you will, but some, a team that's going to challenge us if we, if we don't prepare correctly. And for them, it's the wor- one of the worst they're you know fighting for last place right now with Arizona State. So that's not really going to prepare them. I mean, it might be better for them in terms of they save their bodies. Like they're not going to probably have to play a lot of their first string most of the game, whereas we might. But um, I like that perspective of having this be really the warm up for Oregon. I do like that you said that because Jaden Delora and Bonix also have almost identical yards through the air. Uh, Bonix is like exactly a hundred yards ahead of him. Obviously, Nix doesn't have the interceptions that uh, Delora has. Uh, Jed Fish also said that whether it's uh, Fafita or Delora, the game plan doesn't change because they are pretty similar in the way their skill sets. So he didn't call anything differently when Fafita was in than what he would have called if Jane Delora was in there. So those, I, I think, two excellent points. Uh, J- Cowing as well. I, I, I don't remember his first name. He was a a bit, pretty big-time player last year. Has a, more of a possession guy than the other guy that you mentioned. But uh, what about their offensive line, Jake? Yeah, they're okay. They're not great. I mean, Delora's been sacked six times this season. So I, I'm not... I'm not 100% sure if that's to blame on the offensive line or if it's to blame the way that Jake, uh, Jaden Delora huh. plays. You know, he he does run backwards a lot. Uh, Delora is the victim of the big play opportunities, which also create big negative plays also. Mm-hmm. So as far as their offensive line goes, they do give up pressures. I am excited to see more so getting pressure on Delora can seeing containment against Delora. That's what I'm focused on this game. I'm not worried about the sack numbers. I'm worried about the rushing numbers coming out of the backfield, especially when it comes to the quarterback play. Perfect. Do you think that we're going to, in terms of our um, defensive line versus their offensive line, is it no contest or is it kind of a, is it a pretty good competition? No, I think our defensive line's way better than their offensive line, um, especially up the middle up the middle mm-hmm. where our big guys can eat and and stop the inside run all day long, which then gives the opportunities for our safeties and our outside linebackers to stop work together and stop the outside runs as well. Keep, keep delay, uh, Delora under contain is really, I think the biggest problem you have going into this game. He's going to, at some point he's going to get greedy and try to take a big shot. And our corners are just too good to let that happen to them. How many turnovers this week, Jake? Because last week you were a bit of a Nostradamus yet again with project predicting a Jabbar Muhammad um, interception. So who gets an interception this week and how many total does Arizona have? How many total turnovers do they have? I'm going to say one interception this week. It's going to be Cam Fab. Okay. And three for him then. Yep. And then it's going to be one force fumble recovery from Delora. As as they're getting a sack, also Cam Fab. Oh God! Dang! <laughs> I know somebody on Sound the Siren who's going to be very happy to hear that his name is J Cap. Shout out J Cap. So there's actually going to be three. You forgot one because uh, Jane Delora has so much moxie. He's going to go after 
Jabbar Muhammad and Jabbar Muhammad's kid. No way. No. You're yes, Dugan right now, Trev. Nope, he will. Yeah, he's Moxie. He's not an idiot. He's well. Uh, well, he went to Washington State, Jake. You want to have a minute? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think it's ZTF that's going to get the uh, the fumble. Strip sack. But we'll see. You know what? You focus You focus on your section. I'll focus on <laughs> now, mine. <laughs> now, what I really want to talk about, Jake, uh, with the defensive line is there's now a new fresh body in there as well as Fatu Atuatele is now healthy and playing. Awesome. Yeah. But can we just talk about how good Jacob Bandis, Tuli Latua Gasanoa, uh, and Ulumu Ale are playing right now? It's it's exactly what we had talked about preseason, right? When we when we first ramped this podcast back up and we talked about this defense, what was going to be the heart and soul of this defense? It was absolutely the defensive line. We you 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 Came into the season with the outline tattoo of Jacob Jacob Bandis on your back, and now is getting it's getting shaded right now. Oh my uh, god! Th- these guys are the reason that this defense is not giving up any yards, especially on the ground. They they have the ability to control the line of scrimmage by themselves. Three guys have the ability to control the line of scrimmage by themselves and they're eating up all of the double teams and they're, they're not giving up any yards. And it's, it's incredible to watch. I, I can't wait to see what these guys can do against better competition, because I don't think that they're, we're going to see a major fall off with this, with this defensive line. Definitely not in the middle. The, the thing that makes this run defense so good is the fact that the middle is plugged and the guys on the outside are making plays right now. Yeah. And a lot of that is, you know, your cam fabs are making plays. Um, your, your linebackers are playing really, really well and they're tackling in space, which is just making that horizontal game really a non-factor. Go ahead, Leah. I was just going to ask both of you, what do you think the difference is this year in our defensive production? Um, we were kind of obviously very injured last year. And so it was kind of frustrating. So I'm just wondering what, what your perspective is on that. I think Trevor just answered that though, without even knowing that that question was coming. It's the well, fact that they're working, they're working as a cohesive unit, right? Cam Fab is working off of the pressure that the defensive line is forcing onto the quarterback. And he is out there just making plays because the plays are, are, are coming to him, right? They're working off of each other's greatness in a way that we haven't seen since since Jimmy Lake was defensive coordinator here. It's Jabbar Muhammad is now on the outside, which puts Michelle Powell at the Husky, which puts Dom Hampton at the safety. Yeah. And just that tweak, it has made a ton of difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Just the fact I think just the fact that each one of them can trust that they're all in the right position is it 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 works exponentially better for them this year than it did last year we yeah. even talked we even talked about that last year right or at the start of this year the the increase that this the the, the increase in steps that this defense was going to take going into this year it being the second year under this defensive coordinator these guys have been in the system now for coming on to their second year They've they've learned the defense and now they're they're understanding the defense and they're putting themselves in the right position. Sorry, go ahead, Leah. No, I was just gonna I was gonna agree and like thanks for mentioning all those things. And yeah, it just makes a difference when you're actually playing the position that you're designed to play because you know what you're doing and you can have the trust in everybody around you. So it makes a lot of sense that that's why we're playing a lot better. 
And honestly, both of these right now, whether it's offensive preview or defensive preview, has been relatively easy because Washington has just dominated every game on both sides of the field, including special teams that we don't really talk that uh, much that much mm-hmm. about. Uh, defensively, they're actually better than they've been in the past. They got some. They're they're young and they're talented, which means that they're going to be able to make some plays, but they're also still young and they're going to make some pretty big mistakes. Jacob Manu is like their Edifon Ulafushio. He was a scout team guy that's worked his way into being an all-conference player. He now leads the conference in tackles, which is pretty cool. Um, overall, they're like fourth in the conference in every statistic. Uh, they're fourth in the conference in total yards given up a game at 315. Uh, they've given up 219 through the air. 96 on the ground and they're giving up 16 points a game now some of that is a little bit skewed just because of you know the schedule that they've played Uh, they have a northern arizona on there that only scored three points and then their other win of course was stanford and we all know where stanford's at right now and, and they gave up 20 there so and the defense did pretty well against an SEC Mississippi State team. The reason mm-hmm. they lost that game was Jane Delore decided to throw four interceptions. The defense is better. I I would still put them behind Cal's defense just because Cal's defense has it's a system that's been around for quite a while. They've had success in it and they have upperclassmen. Uh Taylor Upshaw has three and a half ta- sacks. The other guy who I think is eventually going to be, well, I guess a all big 12 player uh, is Ephesians Prysuk. He's uh, a USC flip. He was a four star with them. He flipped at the end. He's at Washington. He's at uh, Arizona. Now no interceptions for this team, which is bad news for them. If you're playing Michael Penix, but they do have, you know, he has three pass defenses, but you know, the defense doesn't give up a ton yet but they haven't seen an offense like this and they don't turn the ball over very well so i think that bodes well for washington's offense yeah and i'm glad that you mentioned uh their schedule as far as how good their defense has been i and i kind of think that that kind of skews the numbers both offensively and defensively um they have a win against utep as well um where utep only scored 10 points against them and, and they rattled off what was it 24 so I don't 31 against UTEP. I, I don't think that there's any numbers that we can look at as far as their schedule goes. Their non-conference schedule is soft and they've only played one Pac-12 team so far. And it's by far the worst team in the Pac-12. And um, they squeaked by. Yeah. Yeah. And that team lost to Sacramento State. So <laughs> uh, is Arizona better than Sacramento State? I don't know the answer to that. Their stats right now say that they are, but you know, beating Stanford by one in the farm doesn't look good for them also. Um, I mean, also they've been, they've, you know, like we mentioned earlier, they've been bitten by the injury bug as well. So no, nobody on this podcast right now knows what Arizona is as a football team. We don't know if they're good or if they're terrible or if it's just because of the injuries that they're bad. It, it, this is kind of the biggest question mark, in my opinion, what we've seen all season. Yeah. And looking at their schedule, six and six, seven and five is their ceiling. Uh, six and six is their hope. Five and seven is probably more like their reality. 
they're they're three and one right now. They have Washington, USC, Washington State, Oregon State. Those are all going to be losses. Then you I, have I could see them losing six in a row. I could too. Then you have UCLA, which could be a win. Colorado, which could be a win. Utah, which is most likely a loss. And then Arizona State to finish the year. So you got to find three wins in yeah, there they, to get bowl eligible. You might. Delora might pull a rabbit out of his hat at one point. He, he seems to be good for one of those a year. Um, so they might get a win that they're not supposed to. Uh, you get UCLA at, at this, home. I would say it's between UCLA and Utah. Utah, like, yes, they won last week, but they didn't particularly look fantastic doing it. And depending on where is that game played, Trevor? When at home. It's in Arizona. I think that that might, that might be one of them. Yeah, it depends on if Cam Rising is playing uh-huh. football. That being They're going to gonna beat USC. <laughs> <laughs> From your mouth to God's ears, Jake. Hot Jake. I've been a prophet There's all a hot year. Jake. <laughs> so what do you guys think about this game? Just for comparison, the 91 team beat them 54 to nothing. Uh, where do you have Washington this week? Leah? I don't think that the defense is going to play a full game. And for that reason, um, I actually have really appreciated that Kalen DeBoer values getting his guys reps more than he likes running up the score that is known for in Eugene. So I like the Huskies to win, cover, and I think Mike rests the entire fourth quarter and we'll call it 41-22, dogs. Oh, wow. Our our scores are very, very similar. Um, (laughs) The spread is 17 right now. 18. 18. 18. It went up to 18. Uh, Vegas has figured it out, right? 18 that, and a half now. Okay. 18, oh, whew, it keeps going up a little bit. Yes, it does. Um, Vegas has figured it out that we're not going to leave. Pen- we don't need to leave Penix in for him to throw for 400 <laughs> yards and nope. four touchdowns. He'll do it in three quarters every game this year if he has to. Um, I have Washington going up big early, um, 28 nothing. And then ended up winning 42-21. <laughs> Very close. Super close. Really close. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm listening to Harry Husky this week. <laughs> I haven't seen anything that would make me, you know, think anything less of this team, I guess. They just continue to take care of business. You could argue their worst game of the season was against Tulsa. And they just break every curse go through every issue that this team has gone and cast out, uh, exercised any demons. So I don't think it's going to stop there. Um, I have it 59, 20, 59 to 59. Yeah. What are the, what are we the dolphins? What are, yeah. what are we doing? What are we? I mean, well, Cal Howard compared Washington to the Miami dolphins. Actually, it's a lot of offense. That's, <laughs> Yeah, I can't find I'm looking I'm sorry, I'm a little distracted right now. I'm looking for it. Done done something to bookmark it, but apparently I didn't. There's one projection, I think it's by ESPN that has Washington playing in the national championship right now. Plus yeah, and I can't freaking find it and it's driving me crazy. There's actually a couple of folks who have that. I I mean, I'm excited to hear that. I, I think obviously 
one of the things that we really struggle with in the Pac-12, particularly in the Pacific Northwest, is national respect. Yeah. And short of having um, a machine tied to a clothing brand, it's really hard to get that in the upper left. So I'm really happy to see that people out there are naming it and and bringing attention to it. I'm disappointed that people who are on game day, I'm looking at you, Kirk Herbstreet, tell the national media that there are 10 teams that are playing better than Washington right now. Disappointed to see that. But at the same time, I'm also really excited that I don't think that people enough people are talking about how good our edge rushers are. And for that reason, I think they're going to get two sacks this week. I think, I, I think, I think Braylon and Traylon, <laughs> you know, one of them, one of Braylon or Traylon are going to get a sack this week. I feel like they are noticing that there's not a lot of respect on their names. And I know that scouts see it, but the national media isn't. And I think that they're going to get one, at least one this weekend. Let's move on to our survivor pool. Everybody made it through by the hair of their chinny chin chin. Most people picked Arizona. We had a we had an Oregon. We had a Washington. Washington. Yeah. So we had, you know, there's 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 a bunch everybody's still in it right now. I am going with Cal. I don't mm, I'm gonna go with Cal because I don't trust Arizona for basically the rest of the season. So go I'm Bears. picking Cal as well. You're picking Cal? I also I also am picking Cal. Oh, boy. Okay. I need to start going first because I have my picks picked for the rest of the year, and you Same. guys keep picking them from me. And oh, really? I have a list in my kitchen <laughs> of all the games the rest of the year. Excuse me, sir. Oh, excellent. You guys are awesome. Okay. um, We got a Friday night game. Utah is headed to Oregon State. Who knows who's going to play quarterback for Utah, if it's going to be Cam Rising or not. Um, Oregon State is favored by three. I like Oregon State in this game, regardless of Cam Rising's in there or not, because if he is in there, that first game rest is going to be tough. Uh, and if not, they just they don't do a lot on offense, and Oregon State will be able to score on them. Mm-hmm. What do you guys got in that game? I like Oregon State. Um, I like him by more than a touchdown, actually. I think Oregon State is smarting after what happened in the Palouse last week and with a near miss. And Oregon State's too good of a football team to allow another big game matchup. They have, they have a great chance this, this weekend to host the number 10 team, climb their way up the rankings. And frankly, Utah is just ripe for a loss. So I got the Beavs 27-17. I was the biggest proponent of Oregon State early in this year. After watching them last week, I have fallen off of the Oregon State bandwagon. Didn't you I have didn't. them beating Washington in our? Preview? I did. Yeah, and I'm not. More. I'm not getting off of that yet. Uh, I need to see Washington play a couple more teams for me not to change everything I've chosen. Um, I'm stubborn, but I, I, Utah's looking pretty good. I have Utah winning by ten. Mm. Hot Jake. Yeah. All right. Uh. 9 a.m. Weird time for a Pac-12 game, but number eight <laughs> USC goes to Cal- Colorado. It's a 21 and a half point spread in favor of USC. I really want to take that, but I watched USC struggle with Arizona mm-hmm. State last week, so I think USC is going to win comfortably. 21 and a half seems like a lot. It's either going to be 
a 17 point win or they're going to beat them by like 40. Oh, you go ahead, Jake. I, I, I think USC is going to bounce back. I, I don't think that their offense played particularly great last week. And I think that that is a really good offense. I don't think they're Washington caliber offense, but I do think Caleb Williams is a lot better than what he played. Um, I do see them winning by at least 21. I think I'm going to take the under with this. I think USC wins, but it's kind of a similar story to Oregon state where, you know, Colorado got absolutely curb stomped in Eugene last week. They got embarrassed they got apparently bullied, according to some people, <laughs> oh my which God. is ridiculous. If you talk the talk and then don't walk the walk, then you can expect to have a beatdown in Eugene. At that same token, this is a big matchup. Dion against Lane Riley. We all know Lane Riley. Is that his name, right? Lincoln Riley. Sorry, Lane. Lane Kiffin, Lincoln Riley. Lincoln. So close. They have similar personalities. Um <laughs> We all know that Lincoln Riley struggles to win big games. He didn't. He barely won last week at Arizona State. So I think they win by two scores, but they don't cover. So uh, SC by like 13. You know, I, would I do kind of like what you say about that, that if this Colorado team wasn't, they were just kind of a, a, a trash talking group that kind of dish would dish it out, but couldn't take it. I think this would be a big win. You're kind of start. You're changing my life. I'm feeling really good about this because it is run by Deion Sanders, and there's a lot of really good coaches in there. So I do think that they, it's not going to be one of those things that they pulled up. I think it is going to be a really good game. This could be the game that decides whether Colorado bounces back for the year or just folds. It's a great it, it's... question, though. Like just philosophically, do we want USC to win? So when we play them. Like they just don't have that extra loss. Like they might have a loss against Notre Dame, whomever, but do we want them to win? So they look good when we play them. I don't, I don't put a lot of stock in that. I think if you went out in the pac 12, no matter what um, you're going to make it in, in, in the CFP. Uh, I think it does matter if you do have one loss, but I still think, especially this year, the pac 12 has enough, enough wins behind it that uh, if USC were to drop a game, I think it's still a big enough matchup to make Washington a, a better contender for the CFP than any team in the big 12. Part of me wants them, wants USC to lose this game so that when they go to Oregon, they beat them. <laughs> Look, I don't want USC or Oregon ever to win a game. So, uh, Pick your poison, Trav. Come on. Don't care. That that one, I whoever annoys me least during the game. That's a really high bar, Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna be an enjoyable game. Uh <laughs> Arizona State travels to Cal. 12 and a half point spread, which seems like a lot. But I gotta tell you, and and I know it was against some of Washington's backups. Uh, but Sam Jackson looks really fast. Yeah. I think he should be the starter. Ben fin- uh, Finley didn't do it for me. Uh, he seems to be able to at least scramble around and make some plays. I think Cal's going to cover, but we'll see. Yeah, I think I think Finley's just another Chase Garbers. Uh, he's just a guy in a system. Um, I, I, I think Sam Jackson is very dynamic. Um, he can run the heck out of the football. I don't love his arm. 
but when he gets out on the on the edges and they lose the receivers because the play is drawn out, that's when you can kind of gash. So I do tend to agree with you. I do think Sam Jackson should be the starter. I don't think that does a lot of wonders for Cal this year. I still think that they're a bad football team this year, but I think moving forward, it's going to help Sam Jackson and Cal's offense moving into next year and the year after that. So, but with that being said, I do think Cal's going to win. I don't think they're going to cover. I will disagree with Jake again. I think that Cal showed me something last week. I mean, yes, they played the whole fourth quarter against our deep subs, but I actually like the moxie of their team. I think they have a good team concept. They have a lot of promising people on their team, as Jake and Trevor have both said. I like Cal to smell blood after what happened to them last week in Seattle, and I think I think they win by two touchdowns. So I'd say 14. Next up on the Mighty Pac-12 Network, <laughs> number nine, Oregon heads to the library to play Stanford. This is a 27-point spread, and Dan Lanning should probably take a page out of Jonathan Smith's book, never throw the ball and still cover the spread very easily. I would say, yeah. I mean, if Stanford, if Stanford could stop them at all on the ground, it might, it might, they might not cover but that the likelihood of that happening is so low i think oregon considers this a warm-up for washington and they are going to win by 35 yeah cover yeah i i i think the only way that this for me the only way that this game stays competitive is that if that young quarterback for stanford can play to his full potential as a as a i think he's a freshman um and doing like a the only way that they're going to keep this game tight is if they score. Um, and I don't think that they have the ability to score on Oregon's defense. Colorado can score on Oregon's defense, and that offense is a lot better than Stanford. So I agree with Leah. I think it's 35. And that'll do it for the Pac 12. Last week, <laughs> last week, Washington, uh, the Pac 12 was all over the national media. They were on Big Fox multiple times, they were on ESPN multiple times. Uh, and this week there's two pro- games on network television. One's on Friday, uh, and I just lost it. What is it on ESPN? On FS1. FS1, and the other one's on Big Fox at nine in the morning. The rest you can catch on Xfinity and at Xfinity only. Everything else is on the Pac-12 network, uh, and you wonder why this conference is falling apart. That's all I was going to say. I, actually, I'm I'm going to be really excited to see if we can actually watch Utah and Oregon State or if there's going to be truck racing. <laughs> <laughs> because let's just be honest here. But like, oh. this, is, this is a prime example, to your point, Trevor, of why we are leaving this conference. Because this conference is the best one in the country this year. And our, I mean, like, I know that these TV deals go on months beforehand at the same time. You knew that USC was going to be good. You knew that Oregon was going to be good. You yeah. knew that Washington was going to be good. And yet, Southern California is playing at 9 a.m. local. Utah and Oregon State, fine. Friday night game, but on FS1, please, guys, can we do better than that? And then, you know, Oregon's on the Pac-12, very deep, and, like, getting you know, the Comcast you know, bowels of the internet. <laughs> and then, so Washington is not only buried deep in the bowels of the Pac-12 network, but also at seven o'clock, which we can't really help because we're playing at Arizona in September. So we knew we we're going to be playing at seven, but it should be on ESPN. Yeah. Uh, and I- I'm just upset that you dogged on truck racing 
got hurt. <laughs> um, I I don't know any other way to watch this. I, I Fubo says they cover it, but do you have to pay extra for the Pac-12 network to get to watch it on Fubo? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Sling TV is the only way I can find it. Yeah, and the other, like, I, I'm curious what they're doing on ESPN because I'm looking at just the top 25 and FS1 has a 7:30 Nevada versus uh, Fresno State. I'm l- looking down at the seven o'clock window. ESPN has a game at six, so I guess that's that's going to be the end of their night. Just really weird. You're right, Leah. Not going to have this issue next year. No. Big Ten, the Big Ten Network is everywhere. Uh, please, God, don't put us on Peacock. <laughs> I have Peacock. I don't care. Uh, and you know what? I do as well. I do, too. Um, At the same time, if you have a good team, that's the last yeah. place you want to be. You're yeah, right. you're absolutely right. Yeah. Just like you don't want to be on the, the Pac-12 Network. The bells. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for us. Go dog. Go dogs. Arizona's going to bear down and then they're going to bow down. Dubs up in the desert. Go dogs.